by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. We're going to have uh, somebody share for about 10 or 15 minutes to open the service with us. I have asked somebody very important to me, very important to this church someone who has mentored me and been a spiritual father to me, someone who is probably the greatest soul winner that I've ever personally known, somebody whose integrity is so fierce that it'll slice through anything the devil throws at it. I'd like you to give a warm Passion Church welcome to Mr. Tom Gullick. Thank you, Pastor, for them kind words. I just want to say something uh, real quick. Um, corporate prayer on Tuesday night, uh, I just, you know, it says honor those that are due honor and the ladies for the past five, four out of five weeks, the ladies have been outdoing the men in corporate prayer. And they say it hasn't been this long, but so for about two years, there was always more men here than women. But for the past uh, four out of five weeks, there's been more women here than men. Last night, we had six women and three men. So I want to encourage you. I watch people come to corporate prayer, and as I watch them come, I watch them change. And so I just encourage everybody, you come to prayer Tuesday night at 630, it'll change your life. Okay. Sir? Let's pray. Father God, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for this opportunity to minister. I thank you, Holy Ghost, that you're my comforter. I thank you that you draw out of me tonight what you want me to say. I dismiss all fear from this place in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It seemed good to me in the Holy Ghost uh, pick up where Pastor Guy left off uh, last week when he was talking about uh, fear. You know how you get rid of fear? You expose it and you face it. So let's talk a little bit tonight about fear and how you overcome fear. The first scripture I want you to go to is 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Second Timothy 1 and 7. It says this. It says, For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now that word fear right there, in the Greek, it was only translated one time this way. And that word fear means timidity. Okay? God has not given us the spirit of timidity or shyness, which is, which is fear. But he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. And as Pastor Guy was sharing last week, he was, um, he was sharing about things about fear in his, uh, in his life. And I just want to share a little bit about things I've faced in my life with, with fear and how I overcome it. And let me just tell you something. Everybody in this life is going to face fear. I don't care if you came from a good home, a bad home, or you came from no home. You're going to face fear in this life. But the pro that ain't the problem. The problem is if you allow that fear to control you and stay in your life because God wants you to get it out of your life. So just to start off, I can remember after I first got saved, and I was with a large church, and I worked with the youth. I worked with the children. I worked with the evangelism. And I was doing everything I know to do. With the youth, they had this group called the Salt Block. And they would meet all over the city of Memphis. 30 and 40 and 50 teenagers would come together in different places. I had the Fraser route. So I would pick up all the teenagers. And they was always trying to get me to preach, but I wouldn't do it. 
because of fear. And so you went there? Good, good, good. You might have been on my route. I don't know. I was in Frazier. Okay. But there was anyways hundreds, maybe even more, of teenagers that met. And they was always trying to get me to preach, but I would get out of it somehow. And so it was my turn to preach, and I would go through the phone, the directory of the church because there was a large directory. And I'd get somebody to fill in for me every time. You know, I was fine picking up the teenagers and working with them. But when it came to this, fear would grip my life. I know what fear is, and I know what it feels like, and I know what it'll do to you. And so I was trapped one time because it was my turn to minister, and I couldn't find anybody to take my place. In a church with 15,000 people, I couldn't find anybody to take my place. I was trapped. What was I going to do? So I knew I had to speak, but I was so full of fear that just thinking of it, I didn't want to go, but I showed up, and I got up to speak. I don't even know what I said. My knees were knocking. I was, my clothes was wet from sweat, and I think it was in the wintertime. And I got up. I don't know what I said, but I know one thing. I was afraid, and them teenagers were afraid. And when I got done, if you know what I mean, every one of them got saved again. Fear had a grip on my life. Every time I would get in trouble and I would go before a judge, a person of authority, I would be in fear. They would call my name and it was my turn to talk. I couldn't talk because fear had a hold of my life. And so even as a child coming up in school, if they wanted me to meet a girl or something, fear would grip my life. I wouldn't be able to talk because fear, I know the reason. I don't have that much time to share the reason why fear was in my life, but it was from my family. It was things that took place in my family and happened. So one day I decided that this fear is not going to stay in my life. And so you have to face your fear. Your fear is not going to go away. You're either going to conquer the fear or the fear is going to conquer you. So many people live in fear in this world, and stress is fear. And people just live in fear, but you don't have to because God's not giving you the spirit of fear, of timidity or shyness, but power, love, and a sound mind. But I decided this fear is not going to control me. So what do I do? I'm so afraid to get up in front of people and speak. That's where I'm going to start, right there. So I started going down to juvenile court, and I started looking for the chaplain because I want to get in juvenile court, and I want to start ministering because this is the thing I don't want to do. It's the hardest, so I'm going to face it, and I'm going to do it. So I'd go down to juvenile court, and I kept trying to meet the chaplain. I never could find him, never could meet him. I'd leave my name and number, never heard from him. So one day, I get a phone call, and it's the chaplain. And he said, look, he said, you're showing such a great interest in, in, uh, in you know, coming down here. He says, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to let you come down here. So I started going to juvenile court, and I went to juvenile court maybe four or five years. And during the time of going there, you know, I would get up to minister, and it wasn't easy. I didn't like it. But I had to keep pressing through until I got that area of fear, you know, somewhat under control. And so, let me just say this. Let's go to 1 John, the 4th chapter and the 17th verse. 1 John, the 17th, the 4th chapter and the 17th verse. It says this. I'm going to back up to the 16th verse. It says this, and we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Verse 17, here is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. you got to understand this. There is no fear in love, because perfect love casted out fear, because fear has torment. How many of you know that fear will torment you? If you let it, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he had seen, how can he love God he had not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. There's no fear in love. So perfect love casted out all fear. 
The more love you walk in, the less fear you're going to walk in. So let's just back up a little bit and let's stay in that chapter. And let's go to the seventh verse. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man had seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love, listen, his love is perfected in us. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Why? Because love is perfect. The love of God is perfect. Now, I want you to put up there Romans, the 13th chapter and the 8th verse. Romans 13 and 8. In Romans 13 and 8, it says this. It says, Owe no man anything but to love another. He that loveth another has fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it's briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of of the law and that knowing that the time that now is high time to wake out of our sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe but it says that love works no ill to his neighbor therefore love is the fulfilling of all the law now back up to Romans the fifth chapter in the fifth verse Romans 5 and 5 In Romans 5 and verse 5, it says this. It says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The world does not have this kind of love, period. People that are not born again, they cannot operate in this kind of love. It says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So that love is in there. But it's up for you, it's up to you to draw that love out and to walk in that love. Now, I want you to go to Matthew, the fifth chapter in the 43 verse, 43rd verse, Matthew 5 and 43. It says this, you have heard it's been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despisefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to, ri his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sent sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. If you love them which love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the publicans or the sinners do the same? And if you salute your brethren only, why do you more then than others? Do not even the publicans or the sinners do so? Verse 48. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. The only way you're going to be perfect as your Father in heaven is imperfect is to keep yourself and abide and walk in the love of God. Because the love of God, it fulfilled all the requirements of the law. The love of God fulfilled all the requirements that the law ever gave to curb sin, the love of God covers it all and takes care of it. So if you'll keep yourself in the love of God, if you'll walk in the love of God, you'll walk in the perfect way of God. So let's go to, let's back back up. Well, let's go to Mark, the fourth chapter and the 40th verse. Mark, the fourth chapter and the 40th verse. It says, and he said unto them, 
Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Fear is the total opposite of faith. Now I want you to go to Luke, the 24th, the 21st chapter in the 26th verse. Luke 21 and 26. It says this, men's hearts failing them for fear, for looking after the things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. It says men's hearts failing them because of fear. Fear. Fear grips a hold of them, and their hearts fail them because of fear. Do you know, this is just a belief of mine. I've never, I, I have no uh, way to prove it. But I believe that people that have cancer, I believe they would live longer if they found out they didn't have it. Because once they find out, they got it. I believe it's the fear that kills them before the cancer does. Fear. Fear of things. Fear of words. They mention a word, cancer. Why does that word have more power than headache? Because you allow it to have fear in your life. And once fear grips you, you'll not know what peace is. Because peace and fear cannot be at the same place. You know, I remember before we had this last out, outreach at O'Brien Park. And I went in the neighborhood and I was handing out pamphlets and by myself and going house to house and, and talking to people. And I parked my, my vehicle in this cove. Um, in front of this guy's house and I was I was going around the cove and I got this this one guy was out in his yard and he was a, he was a big guy and uh, I started trying to share with him and, and talk to him and he started attacking me immediately and he started to say if you're not if you don't live in the hood you got no business in the hood and I started talking to him you know and I said well I'd like for your children to come to our hour my children get everything they need right here and the whole time he was attacking me and trying to put fear on me. And I could see I was getting nowhere with this guy. There was no need and waste of my time. So I dismissed myself. But as I was walking away, for one split second, fear tried to come on me. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. No, you don't. I don't have time to waste with this stuff. So there was five or six people sitting on the porch next door. Well, I just went over there and started talking to them and sharing with them. And then I went about my business. But the enemy was trying to use him to put fear on my life. But see, you don't have to accept the fear because he said, I've not given you the spirit of fear. See, he, he thought that I would be timid and I would go on and get in my vehicle. He said, you're parked in front of that man's house. I said, no, I'm in a cove and that guy's got his own private driveway. His vehicles are in his driveway and the fence is around him and it's closed. I wasn't bothering anybody. I just went around and around the corner and kept knocking on doors. And I got to the door where I used to live and knocked on the door, bars all over the windows, bars all over the door. And I, and, and, and I seen somebody peek through that hole in the curtain. She knew I saw her. And what do you want? I said, ma'am, I'm just in the neighborhood. I'm just out here telling folks about Jesus. And we're going to have this outreach down here. And it's free for everybody. But I wasn't going to let that fear. I wasn't going to let that fear get a hold of my life. And anybody that's a child of God that's been born again and the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart, you got no right, no reason to let any fear get in your life. Look at... Um, John, the 14th chapter in the first verse. John, the 14th chapter in the first verse. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Now go to verse 27. Same chapter, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Not, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't be afraid to do 
whatever it is that God's called you to do. I don't care what it is. You know, I had an uncle that died, and his name was James. And on his deathbed, he said, I always knew that God wanted me to preach, but I wouldn't do it. Of course, he'll suffer great loss. But the thing about it is, the reason he wouldn't do it is because of fear. Why do people not enter their calling? Why do many people not do what God's called them to do? Fear. There shouldn't be any fear in this church. You either defeat fear or fear is going to defeat you. And that is up to you. The more love you walk in, the less fear you will have because perfect love casted out all fear because fear has torment. Last scripture. 1 John 3, verse 23. 1 John 3, verse 23. First, I'm going to go to verse 14. We know we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Verse 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he has given us. Pastor Guy. Thank you, Brother Tom. That was awesome. That's a good and a timely word because fear is something we will always face. It's coming at us all the time. I mean, every day the devil's going to give us some reason to fear, and it's something that we'll probably never completely conquer, but it's something that we'll always face. Some of us are in fear over things that we're going to lose things that we have. We're fear... Fear is in every area, but uh, faith and love and hope, and the things of God is what drives out fear, like he said. I remember one time, I probably told this story 20 times, but we was in that Waffle House, me and Kaylee, my daughter, and she was about seven or eight years old at the time and we were sitting there and I was just telling her I was a new Christian at the time and, and I was telling her everything I knew about Jesus. You know, it's easy to preach to your kid, you know. You got a captive audience. You, well, you better preach to them when they're young. <laughs> and so I was preaching and I was, you know, expounding on the, the complexities of the Holy Trinity or something, I'm sure. And <laughs> She's six or seven, and she's like, uh, okay. And all she was like, can I have a quarter? I'm going to go play the jukebox. And uh, I'm like, don't you care about God? And I was getting mad at her, you know, because she wasn't listening to me. And uh, she was getting on my nerves. And, and uh, then she, all of a sudden, out of the blue, she looks up, and, and there's a table full of bikers across the, the way there. And they're over there smoking cigarettes and got big tattoos and their leather jackets on, and, and they're cussing and all this stuff. And, and I already heard him over there. She said, go tell them about Jesus, Daddy. <laughs> and I said, what? Oh, here, Kaylee, here's that quarter. You go play the jukebox, <laughs> you know. And, she, and so she ran off to play the jukebox, and she came back. And, and uh, I thought surely she had forgot about it by then, you know. She's only six or seven. I'm, you know, she ain't got that much of a attention span. 
But then she brings back the quarter and says, give him this quarter, Daddy, when you tell him about Jesus. And so I had an answer. I, I mean, I had a situation. Was I going to chicken out? Was I going to let fear stop me? What, what motivated me to get up out of that booth and go over there and approach all those bikers as a young Christian? I don't remember what I said. I went over there, but I said something. How you guys doing? Do y'all know about Jesus? Do you know Jesus loves you? I remember this. They were cool with it. They didn't kill me or nothing. I mean, they were like, they were appreciative. And so, I don't remember what I said to them, but I remember it was so important to me. The reason I got up was, not that I loved them at the moment, but because I loved Kaylee. I loved Kaylee too much to let her dad see that he was a chicken. Let her see that her dad was a chicken, I mean. You know? To be, because I was already telling her how brave she's supposed to be and what, what good God is. And that's the way we do. We, it's easy to preach to, in the choir. It's easy to talk about how brave we are in here. But it's a little different when you're ministering to people on the street, isn't it? Does anybody else have an example of a time when fear was really gripping you that you'd like to, to talk about and tell us how you overcame it? Anybody got anything that's coming to mind? You can share. The floor is open. If you think of anything, raise your hand and let me know. Because I don't have anything. <laughs> we got one. Well, when, whenever um, Brother Tom was talking about fear, that God has not given us a, a spirit of fear, and in that certain verse it was uh, translated timidity, and that is something that I have fought all of my life, you know, is being timid. And, you know, we would throw the word around, oh, I'm shy, I'm shy, but really that's true. It is fear. It's, you know, it's one thing if you have, a, if you're quiet, that's one thing, but being shy and not wanting to be around people or talk, that's something totally different. But um, as I got older, I had a desire um, to sing, you know, sing at church, but I thought, but I can't, that's in front of people, I can't do that. And there were times that I would get up and my lip would just shake because <laughs> I was just so nervous. But um, when God puts something in your heart to do, the enemy's going to try to stop you with fear. And what I had to do is just press through, and I, and I still press through. It's, you know, it's an ongoing yeah. thing that you just keep, you can't just stop. You have to keep going. You have to keep going forward. The love of God compels you. Mm -hmm. But that was fear that, that tried to just stifle that. But it, at the same time, there was a desire Mm -hmm. to do it you know mm -hmm. so that was thank you that's real that's a good example because we have so many people uh, that that's their badge you know that they wear anytime you ask them to step out or to do this or that well I can't because I'm this I'm shy I don't do this and we have all these labels that we label ourselves. and where did we get those who told you that who told you that you were that? And think about Miss Susan. Have you ever heard her sing? Did you see her ministering when she took up the offering? And, and those are things she used to struggle with, and she says she still does, getting up here and letting her gifts shine. But it does shine. God doesn't ask her because he knows she doesn't have the ability, you know, but God asks her, and she overcomes it. And many times, that's when it's, it, it's so beautiful. When, when somebody, you know they struggle with it, but they do it because they love God. And when, when we stir ourselves up in, in God's love, and think about how much he did. I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's no class to teach you how to go to the cross, and how to face a scourging with a cat of nine tails. I'm sure that, you know, you can't prepare yourself mentally for a crown of thorns to be pressed down on your head. There's no, there's no class for that stuff. And uh, sometimes you just have to be willing 
and obedient. And you just have to do it. We just have to, to overcome fear. Because God has made us what? More than overcomers. Because it's not in us. It's in Him. It's, we've been made more than overcomers in Him who loved us. See, he, he hit on something tonight that maybe I didn't hit on hard enough last week. Is it's the love that changes us. It's the love. I said something about, you know, uh, would you run into a, a building that's on fire to save your child? And you all said yes. Well, normally you're not going to run into a building. But what made you run into this building on fire? Because of the love you had for that child. That's, that love overcame the fear. And so when it comes to doing the will of God, when it comes to the basics, he gives us two things. The great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment is go into all the world. And that's a calling for all of us. That's not a, the great suggestion. It's the great commandment to go into all the world. And that includes where you work, your, your Kroger, your friends, your, your Facebook family. Go into all the world and, and make disciples. Why? Because Jesus said. And why does that matter? Because of the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, all your mind. And you just turn it over to him. And you give myself away so you can use me. We could go back into it, couldn't we? Yeah. And so at some level, at some point in our life, we're going to have to address our boundaries. Because most of the time, they're just self-imposed. Most of the things that are our fears can be traced back to something that has happened to us along the way. You know, the fear of height might be when your daddy threw you up in the air and missed you. <laughs> and <boom. laughs> well, I'm never going up high again, you know. You fell off the bed or, or, you know, the series of events that culminate in, that's not the right, accumulate into who, the person that we are right now. We have to address those things. We don't, you know, people tell us stuff. You may have been told, man, you're too, you're not strong. You'll never be able to face this or that or. You're too dumb. You, you can't think your way through that. And so every time a test comes up, we're thinking, man, I can't take that test. I'm bad at tests. And I'm, I'm, I, I can't pass. I didn't go to college because I knew I was stupid. You know, I didn't. And, and we limit ourselves based on what other people, usually motivated by the devil, told us somewhere along the line. The devil will speak through your own parents at times. It, you know, well-meaning parents, sometimes. You may have good parents, but they just... What I've noticed as a parent is I've instilled fear into my children. Why? Would you say, Pastor Guy, you instilled fear into your children? I have noticed, I, and, I, and God's been dealing with me, I have instilled fear into my children to a certain degree because I'm scared that they're going to get hurt. And so I'm always telling them, don't do this. Man, if you do that, that you know, that, that's going to fall over and hit you or that blade will come off. If you, and, I, and I'm always warning them about everything that could possibly hurt them. And that's, you know, a parent's heart doesn't want them to get hurt. But you can go over the line until you got the kids scared to get up in the morning. Yeah, that's what your kids uses. Mom, you got me scared to get up in the morning, so I, I can't go to class today. But yeah, we got to address. We got to address those things. You remember I, I said last week that you know I had a fear of heights or whatever, so I made myself climb that that tower. 
That was stupid. Don't address it like that. But maybe, but do it in a safe way. But what is your fear? What are you going through? What are your limitations? Have you ever stopped? Why don't we do this? Why don't this week, why don't we write down what our limitations are? The, the things that we know, man, I can't do that. I, they say some people do that, but I can't do that. Write down what are your limitations. And then pray and say, God, show me the point that that fear entered into my heart. Because there, there was a point. There's some people born with natural tendencies, and I understand that or whatever. But most of what we deal with, especially if God asks us to do it, he's trying to get us to bust through that false wall. False evidence appearing real. If God asks you to do it, and there's something telling you you can't, then who are you going to believe? The liar or the truth? Man, it's, it's a false wall. And I told you about so many times I've been afraid to do this or that, especially when it comes to ministering. And, but the more you step out, because the love of God compels you. And, and that's what it has to boil down to. If you don't love God, you're never going to witness. You don't, if you don't love God, then guess what? You don't love people. You may love those closest to you like the publicans and the sinners. And usually that's a selfish kind of love. Anyway, you're, you, you'll only love them until they stop loving you. But if, if you don't love God, then you don't love people. But if the love of God is in your heart, in which I know it is, everybody in here is safe. It's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. In your relationship with God, when he whispers go, we got to go. And it's because you want to please him. You have this natural desire. You notice you, little boys, they have a natural desire to please their father. They want to please their mother. They want to please their parents. They, look at me, look at me, look at me. And so that's the way we are as, as uh, children of God. We naturally want to please our Father. And some of us are feeling so bad because you know there's things that he's asked you to do and you won't do them. And so you're feeling bad about yourself over those areas. But it's just false. It's a false wall stopping you. If God says go, you can go. He will not ask you to do something you're not capable of doing. Whatever he instructs you to do, he'll equip you to do. He will give you the things that you need. That person that you've been wanting to minister to, but you just, boy, they scare you because they're rough and gruff, and, and you're scared that they'll out-argue out you or something. Hey, you know what? We never argue anybody into the kingdom of God anyway, so just get that off your mind. If somebody ever starts arguing with you, back off. That stops so many people. They think, well, I can't, I can't witness because, you know, I don't know so many scriptures and I don't know all the principles and, and they probably know more why they don't believe than I know why I believe. And so if I tell, they're going to make me look bad. Well, the, the moment they start arguing, you say, well, I'm... I don't want to argue about it. We'll, we'll talk again later or something. And then you just, just show them love. Do, you know, do, take another route. Pray for them. But, but you ain't got to argue. And like Brother Tom, I'm sure Brother Tom could have took that big old guy in that neighborhood. You know? <laughs> Brother Tom is in top physical condition. He was just talking like he was scared. I'm sure he wasn't really scared. He could have took that guy. But see, he wasn't willing to engage to that level. We don't have to do that. We, we can't argue. We can't fight. We can't, we can't wrestle anybody. How, how do people come to repentance? The goodness of God. That love. And so it's our responsibility to love well. And so the, the thing that compels us to go and the thing that, that that's the force that we use when we do go is the same thing. It's the love of God. 
and the love of God will drive out fear. What do Where did we get the idea that, man, I can't have somebody say something again me? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I can't have somebody argue with me. If they say something back to me, probably goes back to your childhood when you said something to your parents. Maybe you had a a parent that would yell at you as soon as you said something or argued, talked back or anything, you know. Childhood experiences. So write down those things that, that, are, that you know are, have limited you from doing the things God wants you to do. And then trace them back and say, God, where did that start? God, where did that lie begin? Because the lie began along the trail somewhere. And I've learned if you go back to that lie and you deal with it, then it'll, it'll free you up. See, God, all of this life, is about a sanctification process. He says, be holy as I'm holy. None of us are holy, but we're being holy. We're, we're learning to be holy. We're being perfected, and we're growing in the knowledge. And, and sometimes it takes going back to your past to deal with issues. Sometimes it, it, it takes learning what the Word of God says. Many times we're afraid because we don't know what the Word of God says. We don't, we don't understand His promises, or we don't believe His promises. And if we don't believe His promises, it's showing that we don't have enough trust in Him, and that's because we didn't spend enough time with Him. God, if you spend time with God, guess what? Your trust is going to go through the roof. Your love for Him, through the roof. Your fear, Vanish. Perfect love. Cast out fear. The love of God. The love of God. It's really the cure for everything. Insecurity. Rejection. Jealousy. Man, some of us are holding on so tight to things that we have no business holding on to. We've, we've made other things our God. Other people, sometimes. And if you ask yourself why you're holding on so tight, it's because you're scared. If you'll let go. If you don't let go, you're going to what? Drive them away. Because nobody can be your God but God. And if you put the pressure on somebody to be your God, you're my everything. Red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Really? You know, first date, I love you. (laughs) You know? First date, you post them on Facebook as my new... What do you call them, boyfriend or girlfriend or in a relationship? (laughs) No, see, that's just showing, that's showing that the love of God hasn't fulfilled you to the place you need to be. And and Ephesians 1.6 says that we're accepted in the Beloved. He, he loves you unconditionally. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. And, and, and he is supposed to be your all and in all. He's supposed to be your everything. And it's in him you live and move and have your being. And if we can get that right, I don't think fear will be that big an issue anymore. You know what? I've, you've seen... Uh, What's that guy that goes out with the actor guy and they go witnessing? What's his name? Kirk Cameron is one I was thinking about. And Ray Comfort. Man, they look like they've been doing that their whole life. It looked like they were born to go out and witness, you know, and, and talk to people on the street and videotape it and all. If you go see Brother Tom in action, you'll be like, he was born to do this. But I don't think there's a person in the, in the world 
who does that without fear? We all have to overcome our fear to do that. So, so don't look at people like they're not going through the same things you are. When you see successful people in the kingdom of God, it's because they have faced the same fears you have but have, have reacted to them differently. And you think, well, I'm just where I'm the way I am, and I'll always be this way, and this is who I am. That's so sad. Because I know in my life, God is changing me. The love of God is changing me. Thank goodness the love of God overcame the fear in Susan's life for her to sing like an angel. And the man, she, there's. And I can't wait till she gets to the next level because I know there's some preaching in her that's awesome. I know there's some things in there that's wow because I can just tell the anointing upon her life. But you say, but I'll never be like so-and-so. Well, that's fine. It's no comparison. God doesn't compare. He just wants you to move from where you're at. Understand? We're all called to go from point A to he comes back. There's no stop. We're all growing. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. Moment by moment. You learn, you take one step forward and you take two steps back sometimes. But you don't quit. You just keep your head down and you keep moving forward. And eventually, over time, and the ebbs and flows like we talked about are going to begin to pile up until you, you look back and say, man, I've come all that way. And it, it was usually killing that fear and killing that fear, running that fear out of town. Almost everything that you do is, is turning fear into faith. Anything positive that you do in the kingdom of God, you're going to have to face the fear. I hadn't done anything yet that I hadn't had to face fear for the kingdom of God. I mean, you get used to doing certain things, and so the fear subsides, and, and you overcome that, but then there's always that next challenge. And God is always pushing you farther, and he always will. So the quicker we learn to stop fighting everything he's trying to do and get with the program, say, okay, God, what is it? I'm just going to do it because I love you. I'm going to do it because I love you. And when you love him, you're going to love others, and you're going to make an impact in this life. And he's going to look at you and say, well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You were willing to go. You weren't scared and hid your talent in the ground and didn't even give me return on my money and my investment in you. No, enter into, my, in, into the joy of the Lord because you took what I gave you and you multiplied it and you brought it back to me. It says, he, to him uh, that is given much, much is required. But then it says, to him who hath, he shall be given even more. So if you begin to get to snowballing like that, you start doing what God says, he's going to give you more. How do you think you get to, to the level of some people? I, I, I see some ministers, you know, that have these huge ministries, and they're writing three books a year, and they're preaching in stadiums and full of 15,000 people, and, and they're, they're going to these conferences, and they're all over, and they're got, they, they get, get interviewed on news stations, and I'm like, there ain't no way. Where is the time to do all those things? But they lace up their boots in the morning just like anybody else. There ain't no reason any of us couldn't do the same thing if we were willing to say, face the same challenges. So thank you, Brother Tom, for that fine message tonight. I, I really enjoyed that. You opened up a good conversation. I wish we had more time to pursue it. But we're going to let it rest right there. I think we've got some things to think on.
Because I know you guys love Jesus. It's easier to say sometimes than to do. But Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And the greatest commandment is to go. Amen? Don't look at me like you can't do it. I've seen you. I've seen every one of you. I've seen every one of you do it. And there's greater days ahead, I can promise you. But I just feel like we're on the verge of something big. And it's going to require us to face fear. We prayed out last night more about little children, how they're going to come here. It's going to be a safe haven for them. And how sad it is, the things that's going on in some of them's life. Man, if that don't motivate you to be prepared, to be preparing yourself to love little children, to be preparing yourself for the harvest, these end times. And, and at prayer with the pastors yesterday, we had a conference call prayer on Tuesdays, and, and it was all about sending laborers into the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers because the, the fields are white to harvest, and nobody's going getting them. You know, it is hard to be a member of the Passion Church. <laughs> I often say, Lord, I'm going to run everybody smooth off. Because I just won't let you sit there and just. Rest on your laurel thing. <laughs> I'm always pushing. But I believe if, if we're not pushing in the day and hour in which we live, when are we going to push? If not now, when? We were saved for such a time as this. God knew you and he, he saved you for last. Because you're the best. And we're going to be the, we're going to be the, if, if I have my way, we're going to be the most doctrinally, most going, the, the church that when he comes back, he says, that's a church without spot or wrinkle. That's the one that has the right heart, has my heart in the giving, my heart in the going, my heart in the doing, the discipleship, everything. Because I don't care about none of this world's stuff. I don't. I want to do God's will. And I know you do too. And we're going to be that church. We're going to be that church. We're moving towards being that church now. I can feel the smile of the Lord upon this place. Father, smile upon your people tonight. I'm going to let them go. I've been like Pharaoh lately. I'm going to let your people go. And Father God, let them go with all the plunder that they need. Let them come out of there no weak and feeble among them. Let them go across every Jordan River, every Red Sea that they need to cross. Father, give them the confidence and the courage to go forth in power and demonstration of the Spirit, preaching your word in season, out of season, loving people, loving the unlovable, loving enemies. Man, changes from the inside out. We give ourselves away to you tonight. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.